to At The Root with Greg Kuiper here on KKNW. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuiper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you are interested in calling into the show, feel free to do so. The number is 425-373-5527. I'll say it once more, 425-373-5527. Greg loves to have people call in that maybe have clarifying questions or that have questions about perhaps a situation that they're in. You can also connect with Greg via his website, which is KuiperCounseling.com. There you can find out more about Greg, his practice. There's a contact form. You can also find past episodes of this show, resources, and even a link to his YouTube channel called Connection Through Awareness. There you can find some videos of the podcast so you can see what Greg looks like and awareness <laughs> exercises as well. So hello to Greg. Hello, Stacy. You have such a distinctive voice that I I think that people would want to see what you look like. There you go. Well, so they can do that. They can do that. YouTube channel. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should really do voice no work. No more visualizing. They can actually see. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So last week, we were working on listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We branched off kind of from where we've been in this path of uh, you know, the pursuit of finding and reconnecting with our true self, right? And, and, and we're, I wanted to revisit a topic that comes up in my discussions with, with partners in, in relationship counseling. And, and then I got to thinking this is really just a detour is – we will see that it, it's going to circle right back around and intersect with this true connection, true self reconnection journey. Mm-hmm. So, well, and you had talked together. You had talked about uh, that the idea of when a partner in a relationship feels they're not heard mm-hmm. uh, or seen, that they feel dismissed because, um, and that there's no engagement with their partner. Yeah, you know, and and. If we all just think about it, say whenever we feel not heard or dismissed, or it's that feeling of rejection, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really easy to to go to a, to, to a place of you know that's a hit on our self worth. It can be right, right, especially if if we already have maybe some concerns and issues from our past around self worth, and then uh, here's another instance of of rejection. Right, right, and, and I was being heard. It happens a lot. And I was also very much struck. I think last in last week's show, I talked about uh, the fact that I'm probably the jerk because <laughs> I was, you know, um, the whole idea of being in control of the conversation because uh, because of um, egoism. Mm. So. It was something that we talked about and just that whole idea of uh, the ego. And that really what it comes down to is that we enjoy listening to ourselves. Right. Now, we speaking of listening to ourselves, we actually have an opportunity to listen to someone else. We have a caller, Maureen from Everett. Cool. So hello, Maureen. Hello. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Um. What? 
What can we do? Talking for about you? about listening and and not feeling rejected. Right. I have a daughter um, who has MS mm. and also has, as a result of some trauma, both physical and mental, um, has PTSD and and some other cognitive issues. It's very hard to listen to her because she talks constantly. Hmm. I mean, she talks even when people are not around to listen. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And (laughs) is she talking about uh, just anything, or is she talking about how she's feeling or what's going on? Is it? Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. I know that a lot, a lot of what she's doing is, is talking about uh, emotional things that happened to her a long time ago. Mm. And I'm having a hard time listening to her and paying attention because I don't know whether, I don't know all the time whether she's talking to me or whether she's just talking to be talking. Well, that's got to be difficult. It, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. I can't get her to go to a psychiatrist. Well, of course, that was the next thing I was going to ask. <laughs> Would yeah. she go if you went potentially with her? Um, only if it was for me, maybe. Maybe she'd go. Yeah. I'm just thinking that some counseling would really help. I mean, that she, a therapist, under, of course, saying yeah, that. She's, but. Under, she's under the care of a uh, of an, uh, neuro, uh, um, MS doctor. Uh-huh, sure. Right, right. <laughs> uh, neurologist. Neurologist, there we go. There I couldn't think go. of it either. <laughs> under the care of a neurologist and this neurologist has been asking her to go get psychiatric treatment for the last two years three years well uh, by psychiatric treatment do you mean uh, medication or do you mean just some mental health counseling or both mental health yeah or mental both health. she's yeah. currently on duloxetine uh-huh. and and quetiapine hmm um, that were prescribed to her by the neurologist. Yeah, that's for her MS. Yeah, um, correct. Yeah, you know, I I wonder if you could approach her from the standpoint of Stacy mission of let's go together, and and well, I'm thinking see if we can you know you can do it that way. It the the trauma is so difficult um, to deal with. Uh yeah, I mean, Maureen, I think from from a a parental standpoint, almost that acknowledging that she clearly has a lot that she wants to talk about and that you want to get some counseling in order to figure out the best way to be able to hear what she has to say. and And then you're modeling that behavior and she may not really understand what's involved and there may be some fear there. So 
And it seems to me, and Greg, obviously you're the expert here and I just talk a lot, um, <laughs> Maureen could probably use some support as well, even even if her daughter chooses not to go. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Maureen? I mean... Uh, I have no problem with that. I have been... Yeah. I have been looking for uh, a support group, um, for and they all got shut down during COVID, of and course. so some of them haven't started back up again yet, um, and so I haven't been really successful in finding a, a support group. Um, right. I know of a support well, you- group for uh, folks that are dealing with or have loved ones uh dealing with PTSD, and you can find that information. Uh, it's called the PTSD Institute of Seattle. Um, and that may be a resource for you because it's not just okay. for your daughter. It's for loved ones as well that maybe need to understand more about what their loved ones are going through. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would encourage you, I think, I mean, to, to, to seek out some counseling for a little bit for yourself. And 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 that would help you understand what she's going through. And um, yeah, and I do I do go to a counselor myself. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I, there you go. He's not a psychiatrist. No, but a counselor. Um, but um, but I have been going to counseling myself. Good. Um, um, Trauma is such a PTSD. I should say is such a difficult. Yeah, experience to deal with, through. right? Especially for a parent. And um, she's been through a lot. She's had three head traumas. Oh my! Um, and she's also had uh, sexual abuse. Gosh. And um, and some physical abuse. So she's been through a lot. Yeah, Maureen, I just really encourage you to, to find some therapy for her. I mean, uh, this is this is, I mean, more than a parent can handle, really is, and more than you should have to handle. And and um, I would really encourage you to see if you can get her to go somewhere. You may have to go with her together at the beginning. Um, uh, part of the the other part of the question is is she wants to move out on her own she wants to live on her own she's currently living with me but she wants to live on her own how old is she she's 43 okay yeah but she's really not capable of living on her own yeah she's not capable of taking care of her finances and and her her neurologist has has stated such but she still, she doesn't think she's got a problem. She thinks she's okay. Right, right. And so it makes it very difficult to... I think this is an, another place where a counselor could really be of a benefit uh, to have her start to work through some things and be a... Uh, an intermediary of sorts uh, and and help her see that there's some things that she needs to work through and, you know, that perhaps having the, the growth mindset piece that 
you know, perhaps just not yet. There's some things that you need to do. I mean, not that I believe in bribing. And Greg, you can again, you're the professional here. Right. If she well, if she wants to move out, then is a caveat of moving out getting help and undergoing care? Well, she's 43. I mean, she can essentially do what she wants, right? I mean, um, uh, and I, yeah. under- I understand on your end, Maureen, how that is concerning because um, it doesn't sound like she could she could do it on her own or function on her own, right? I'm sorry, say that. Oh, it doesn't sound like she could, uh, she would have difficulty on her own, right? She would have difficulty on her own, yes. Yeah. Is, is, is that because of the MS or PTSD, um, both, I'm guessing? Yeah. Uh, she's had some, she's had the PTSD and, of course, the head trauma um, uh, when she was 3 and 10 and 16. Goodness. So that's been an issue for a long time. The, the the psychological and the cognitive issues she's having have been there for a long time. I, and I think the MS has too, but she just was recently diagnosed with it like three years ago yeah. with the MS. So well, I, the I, issue... I'm not a neurologist, but right. but MS is a uh, autoimmune type um, uh, condition. And that, right. can, that can be brought on Many, all autoimmune conditions are brought on by incredible stress and trauma and, I, and anxiety. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, so, without addressing those other things um, professionally, um, with a professional, her um, MS treatment is um, at best. I'm guessing you're just going to maintain things, right? I mean, I'm hoping you can get her some professional mental health help. I do. Um, well, I think I will. I think I'll approach that. She just my, had a psychi- She just had a psychiatric evaluation done by the, the oh yeah? um, at, at the MS clinic where we go. Um, so she just had that done. And we get the results back on Wednesday. Well, that will tell so. you a lot right there. Mm-hmm. It will. That will tell you a lot. I, I mean, they're probably going to have a diagnosis in there for you. And um, uh, hopefully that will help direct her, too. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Well, and yeah. these are things, if she's ready to move on from it, uh, then reminding her that the the help and the talking about it can really help, even physical traumas and especially these emotional traumas. I mean, if I've learned nothing else from Greg, uh, you know, gently, carefully, and with guidance, peeling back the layers to address these things. And, you know, for you, as as a mom, I'm thinking of also your well-being right now and making sure that, you know, with a counselor that you see, um, that you're really talking about this and this frustration, it's very, very difficult and making sure that you get the support and the care that you need uh, so that you are not too hard on yourself. And, uh, you know, you need to be kind to yourself. It's what Greg talks about, right? Um, Yeah, I'm hoping you will uh, uh, 
Maybe you can approach it with her from a, a standpoint of, you know, it might be difficult for you right now on your own, but, but let's get some let's get some advice, let's get some professional help and work through it so that uh, you'll feel better about doing that and we can get you on that road to being out on your own. Something like that. I don't know. You probably tried that already. Well, not exactly that approach. And and so I appreciate that that insight because I hadn't thought about. Well, just a positive look at it. Hey, you want to be out by yourself. You know, that that could be doable. Let's let's I understand why you want to do that. Let's look at what we you I need to do to find the right support to make that happen, right? So kind of a positive spin on it rather than you can't do that. You'll never be able to do that. I'm, I'm sure you don't say that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying huh. not to yeah. too negative, but thank, thank you I for, will do that. Yeah, thank you for calling in, and I'm, I wish you all the best on this. I just... Some help for her, and continue your counseling. Also, I mean, absolutely. You get you. You need to be supported in this very much too. And you can always reach out to Greg through Kuiper Counseling. And then, as I had mentioned, uh, in Seattle, there is the PTSD Institute. Uh, you can learn more about it at fcpsych.com, and okay. uh, yeah. you know you can go into there and. Uh, and learn about the support group that's there. There's a lot of people out there. Be kind to yourself. Yes. Do so. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your insight. Thanks, thanks for calling in, Maureen. We really appreciate Maureen. it. Yeah, thank Good you. Good luck to you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's so difficult. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it reminds me of the, the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many layers there. And uh, right now. Well, finding the support that we need to get through these sometimes in, seemingly insurmountable things, right? Mm-hmm. Just looking and finding that support and allowing it to embrace us so that we can remain positive. Right. Right. Because it, the changes happen through being positive. Right. Yeah. And you desperately want to listen. And yet that's a lot to take on sure yourself is. without help. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, yeah. we can see uh, what direction that we're going to head into for today's show. Keep listening to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. We'll be right back. Sometimes psychotherapy is not enough to get to the root of our illusions. Hypnotherapy with licensed practitioner Annette Kuyper of Solid Insight can help. With hypnotherapy, it's possible to tap into what's beneath our layers of protection and resolve the illusions that stop us from accomplishing what we want. Hypnotherapy is a safe state of relaxed calm coupled with elevated mental awareness that allows for a deeper dive into our subconscious. Led by Annette, it's about understanding and loving ourselves and creating a deeper connection with others. Learn more about Annette at SolidInsightNow.com. Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. 
But At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuyperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Hey, are you missing listening to this show is all about you with me, J.D.K. Winnikin? Well, you don't have to. You can still listen to Greg Kuyper's show at The Root and my show. It's a win-win in every way because you can download my show and his at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Don't miss a minute of either show and listen to them on your own schedule. So be aware out there that you can listen to both of us still. And isn't that comforting? Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to At The Root. So before we got a call from Maureen, which thank you again for the call, uh, we were talking, we were sort of reviewing what we were talking about last week and talking about uh, in relationships, the listening piece and how sometimes one can feel dismissed and the other person, especially in a uh, maybe a romantic relationship, sure. and the other um, feels like they can just do all the talking because of ego. Right. And uh, and so then you had introduced the idea of actively listening last week. Yeah, well, you know, communication is often an issue brought up in, in especially in relationship. When, when two people come in for relationship counseling. And it, I, I find it's kind of a catch-all term, you know. We have problems with communication, you know, and, 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 especially in these early phases of sessions, right? It's kind of a broad. Both partners can agree to that one, right, mm-hmm. without getting touchy, without getting right. too sensitive, right? Um, uh and basically, communication can be described as, you know, sharing information with another, right? But I, I believe it to be much more than that. And it's just not information being shared. It's energy being shared between individuals, right? If, if it's then information and energy that's being shared, that takes the sharing part into thoughts and feelings and memories and beliefs, right? So... We've described these as, in the past, these things as personal experiences that we have in our mind at any moment. So, in, in effect, when we communicate, we are sharing energy and information or our experiences in our mind at any moment. Mm-hmm. I love the, the energy thing because... Yeah. You know, there are times when somebody doesn't want to share something, but you know that there's an energy that is off. Right, right. right. So. Yeah. So, and, and so, so we're sharing these experiences, and they're much more than just, you know, the cold, hard facts of information. It's, it is perception of the information at that moment, that, and it's colored with our feelings, our memories, and our beliefs, the experience. So. We automatically interpret the information we have or that we receive using our unconscious past. We talked about this last week. And and hopefully we can couple that with a conscious interpretation of the present moment 
as we share. Right. Um, I observe that more often than not, we, we leave off the present moment interpretation and react from the autopilot where uh, we have developed a comfort and a sense of safety with others, right? If we stay in this, this little bubble right here, things are okay in our interactions. Mm-hmm. And there's the rub right there. There's communications a give and take, right? So, so in the context of conversing vocally, mm-hmm. speaking and listening, right? If we are listening from our unconscious patterning from the past, then we are not aware of the present moment and the context of the now. And I think that's what happens a lot um, in these in relationships. Well, in this staying in our little safety bubble and and well, and, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, We've talked in the past about sort of, you know, trigger points or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So what is it in the now or the context of now that this came up? And right. so listening then not just to what's being said, and it can become white noise when our somebody is saying the same thing over and over again. However, if we're trying to be, if we're present, then maybe we can translate like, why now? Why did, what, what triggered this? Why did this come up now? Right. We've developed our... You know, reactive responses to shield us from hearing and feeling emotional discomfort or pain. And this happens a lot. And we continue to use this filter of selective listening indiscriminately as it's, it's, it's an automatic response. So when I meet with a, a couple initially during the, first, during the course of this first session with, uh, with the couple, <clears throat> and they've said, you know, we have a lack of communication I can, with a little probing, generally find that, you know, one partner believes they are not listened to Mm -hmm. by the other. And this produces those feelings of dismissal and rejection coming from this disengagement. And as I mentioned earlier, this can be a major hit to to self-worth. So if this selective listening is an automatic response that we are using as a coping mechanism, a defense against feeling emotional pain, typically arising from, you know, some emotional trauma from past relationships, like ruptured attachment experienced from loved ones or shame and humiliation from embarrassing experiences or bullying. This reminds me of the radar that I talked about last week, right? right. That selective listening that you're talking about where it's like, you know, Things are flying around on a regular basis, but something comes on your radar that it's like it's that selective listening like, oh, okay, here it is. And so with that blip on your radar screen, you go into that autopilot of how to respond to it. That's right. And then you're not hearing what's going on in the present moment. You're not listening to the present moment. And then comes that sense of dismissal or disengagement, uh, rejection from your partner. And, and our partners can trigger this reactive response in us, right, unbeknownst to them in, in many instances, right? We, so uh, we, they trigger it, we shut up, clam up, don't engage, or you know, detach in some way from what they are sharing in order to protect ourselves from any potential unpleasant emotional encounter that's about to happen if we keep listening in the present moment. So... One of the common methods of this detachment is fixing. I hear this all the time, right? Um, 
we perceive what our partner is sharing with us as a problem they are having. And immediately, while they're talking to us, we are formulating solutions and options for their problem. Mm -hmm. And if they would just shut up, we could tell them how to fix it, and then we could all brush our hands of this problem and go on with the day, right? And when they don't stop, we interrupt them, forcing our solution upon them. And and we all know where it goes from there, right? And, mm -hmm. You know, just interrupted me in the criticism, the defensiveness, and here we go into a critical loop. And, you know, if we, if we had some awareness of our unconscious reaction, we would know in the present moment. We would know that no response is needed or it was even no response was even asked for a lot of the time, right? Our partner wasn't even looking for a fix not even interested in a fix. They probably already thought of the fix that you're thinking of. They just want somebody to, their closest ally, their best friend, mm -hmm. to listen to what they have to say. Now, if that, what they're saying has some emotional content that triggers an emotional reaction and or a coping mechanism, right? The the emotional detachment in us because ooh, I don't want to go there, right? Right. This is automatic. You're not thinking this. They just want to know that 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 their friend and their ally can be there and feel what they are feeling with them. That's all they want. Many times, just feel what I'm feeling with me, right? It sounds easy, but it, it it's not for an emotionally avoidant partner at all. Um, Oh, it's brutal because I'm definitely, I can be that emotionally avoidant. And yeah. I even think of uh, my kids, a couple of them, when they have something that they want to rant about or whatever upset has gone on, they remind me of a balloon that you blow up and then you let it go and it's like, yeah. and you have to just like <laughs> let it go. It's kind of all over the place until it's yeah. out of air. Right. And it's really hard for me to just sit there in the moment and let them go until they're out of air. Right. It's very difficult. Well, and think of how many times it is the difficulty is because we don't want to feel that thing they're feeling because they're not happy. They're uncomfortable. They hurt. 100%. And we don't want to feel that. So if we can just smooth it over. And we don't know, want them to feel it. Everything's good. Yeah. And we don't want them to feel it either. Right. Because we know that we don't like to feel it. And so. Um, we we try to fix it, and um, uh, it's it it doesn't work. It is more than uncomfortable for the partner, right? It it the, for the this partner that that's detaching. It is so foreign that this partner has no clue how to respond other than avoidance, right? Because they they are unaware of um their emotional expression or feeling. One partner wants a comforting listener. And the other partner is kind of lost in the unknown. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> it's no wonder this doesn't work, right? This listening is showing what we talked about a few weeks ago. Empathic concern. Caring about the well-being of others. You know, being able to sense and care about what is going on for them. 
So this empathic concern then points us in the direction and inspires us to a compassionate feeling, right? And that's when we come into the feeling felt part. Mm-hmm. We just, when someone, our partner is, is sharing something deeply, they're not looking for a fix. They just want to feel felt. And that's what we want in those instances too, is just to feel felt, feel what I'm feeling with me. Don't fix it. Don't tell me it's not all right or it's okay or don't, you know, don't, don't tell me to stop crying, whatever. Just don't, don't do anything. Just feel it with me, right? And there, there's skills and tools to help us learn how to do this better and be a better listener. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But, but for the emotional avoidant, like we're talking about now, these skills are only part of the process, right? Think about it. If what we are learning to listen to hurts because of past emotional trauma, we've got to figure out how to navigate that hurt too, or we can't listen. Right. Otherwise, we're not going to want to use these skills that we're going to talk about in a minute, regardless of how proficient we become at them, because this is kind of where we circle back to our journey of reconnection with our true self, right? From where we um, branched off here a couple, a couple of weeks ago. The true self has all the secrets of, of the disconnection from emotional experience, right? That's mm-hmm. where it is. It is the source of the knowing of emotional wounds to itself, which have occurred, and which we then have learned to deal with with detachment, right? We, Right. It's like we're dancing on the edge, and when we're potentially listening to what other people say, then we're afraid that by association we're going to get pushed over that edge. Yep. That's good. As we've discussed recently, the key to offering empathic concern and compassion to others in, in our lives is to offer empathic concern and compassion to our true self. So that starts the healing process of the emotional wounds that caused us to develop these defensive methods of emotional detachment that are now causing problems in our relationships, mm-hmm. right? So we're emotionally detached from ourselves. No wonder we're emotionally detached from others. Right. As, as, as the defensive meso- methods that we're talking about are retired, we can use the listening skills more effectively and, and let them become the new programming we operate from. This, this, depending on the depth of the wounding, this, this can be a process that takes some time right, and effort. Hopefully it can be taken on in the relationship together in a spirit of curiosity and growth uh, by both partners right? Mm-hmm. because it needs to be made a part of their their journey to meaning in the relationship. It can't be a, oh, well, I'm going to back away until you get this figured out. Right. I mean, it could be, but that's not going to work, right? I mean, it, it, that can be an overwhelming place, right? Especially if it's been going on for quite a while. One partner is really kind of getting close to the end of the rope with all this, and the other partner suddenly, suddenly, I'm not sure it's suddenly, but the other partner comes to a realization that, 
oh, I've got to do some reconnecting emotionally with myself. I've mm-hmm. got to heal these wounds. It's going to take some time. And hopefully their partner is along for the ride and will help and support them rather than be at the end of the rope. Right. It's the uh, quintessential Oprah moment, right? The aha moment. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, and, and sometimes we come to the aha moment on our own. And other times, uh, and I suspect with a lot of the couples counseling that you do, you're pushed into the aha moment. Like, this isn't going to cut it anymore. Right. And and I think it's, you know, if you go back and you listen to so many different episodes of the show where you talk about this, you know, there may be the perceived, like I remember when you spoke about Steve and Charlotte, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, that jerk, Steve, he's not listening to poor Char. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, Steve has his own traumas right. from which he is operating from. And so if I can feel empathy. And that's why he's not listening. Right. So, you know, finding empathy for your partner and recognizing that it's it's likely not because they won't, it's because they can't. Yeah, they've never learned how. Oof. Yeah. And that can be a tough place for a couple to realize, right? Especially if they've been together 20, 25, 30 years. And, and okay, here it is. We finally got this. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. So this is the time for positive support and reinforcement. We've got this. We can do this. And what's our new meaning in life? And and this is going to change us in a positive way. Right. That kind of thinking and attitude. The, the, there's other scenarios, right, where we find ourselves not listening. It's not just in the this, uh, emotional avoidance uh, thing, although that does happen a lot. Uh, our culture in general promotes an understanding of listening as something we just do automatically, kind of like breathing, right? Mm-hmm. We just, yeah. And, and and as such, not much thought is put into it, right? I never not, thought about that. Well, you think about listening carefully. Sometimes we do, of course, you know, if we've got to get something from somebody or maybe a classroom situation or whatever, but but it's just something we automatically do every day. And, and, much of the time, we only listen, when, really listen, when it serves us, right? It often occurs through this cloud of self-regard and distraction, right? How often do you find yourself daydreaming, I don't know, planning, or reminiscing when somebody's talking to you? Oh. Okay. Uh... I mean, everybody just think about that a second, I know. Oh, I never do that. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the time such and such happened to me. I mean, I do it on this show all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We need another session. Right? I mean, I'm doing it for mostly illustrative purposes. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, I I very much do that. Yeah. So there is no way we can be tuned in to what they're saying, what the... But the the feeling behind what they're saying, the thinking behind what they're saying, I mean, we're barely getting the words, right? And especially we're daydreaming or planning, reminiscing while they're talking. Those are the times when we go, wait, wait, what'd you say? Right? Right. Because a key word came in and we're like, oh, I missed something here. Right. Right? <laughs> Married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, gosh. See, 
<laughs> so see if you can become aware of this in your daily lives, right, next, this, this next week as, as you go through it. it. It happens more than you think. And I think, well, I know, I know, others know this when we're doing it intuitively. They know it. I mean, it's why as a child, when I was talking about something and my parents were only half listening, I used to suddenly announce when I was like nine, and I'm pregnant. Oh, you did? Yes. And my parents would be like, <laughs> what? And, you know, it was my way of kind of like the record scratch of like, like, listen to me. I'm telling you something and I want you to pay attention. And so it became well, my, I bet it worked. my go-to like, <laughs> and I'm pregnant. Well, it really started to work once I was actually married and having kids. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but absolutely. I Even as a kid, I was aware that I needed to like uh, sort of... Um, like shake their shoulders and say, listen to me. Well, when we do this, right, we come across as not caring for the other person. And and they interpret this as, as them not being important to us, right? So here's that feeling of the rejection or the disengagement, the dismissal. The result in, ends up being them learning to not open up or ask us for help or advice. I mean, the way that you might want to rely on them, they're not gonna. They're not gonna do rely on us if we're if they if they know that intuitively that we're not hearing them, mm-hmm. and and so this relationship becomes really one sided, and those aren't gonna last very long. Think of a time you were totally engaged conversing with someone and how it felt for you. I mean, just it you. Undoubtedly, we're immersed in what they were thinking and feeling. I mean, there's there's a, a higher vibration of energy there, right? It's just an excitement of sharing these thoughts and feelings together. Um, uh, you feel totally connected. You're not alone. And I think this is a a really deep feeling of belonging when you're connected like that. And this comes in those moments of communication when when there is listening and questioning and connection. Connection requires both listening and questioning. Um, Carl Rogers, the great humanist and psychologist, um, called this type of communication active listening. We talked about that last last week. week. Active listening. He believed that this process of conversing is essential to individual growth. It's not just knowing how to communicate. It's essential to individual growth, and not just for the listener, but for the other person too. Because if we're actively listening to someone, that allows them to understand themselves more too and not feel alone. Finding insight to get out of ruts perhaps in their life, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's that connection. Right. It's the, like, I need to talk this through conversations. And sometimes people think that's about, you know, a project at work or at school or, you know, something. I need to think this through and I'm going to talk out loud or I'm going to think it out loud. It's important in relationships too. It is. So Carl said that, that listening well requires that we get inside the speaker, that we grasp from his or her point of view just what it is 
he or she is communicating to us. We get inside the speaker. I love the way you said that. I, I actually cut and paste this into my brain okay, good. from last week because <laughs> I was like, I, I, you said it and I made you say it twice so that I could type it into my phone. <laughs> well, this requires being in the moment with the other person, right? Paying attention to the words and the feelings moving back and forth between you. Connecting to that mutuality. It, it, it's, this is an exchange of sensitivities. We've talked about that before. Rogers called it, I love this part, thinking with people instead of for or about them. Thinking with people. He calls this listening for total meaning, both the content and the feeling behind it. You get the total meaning. It's not easy, especially if you're just learning how to do this. It it requires patience and practice. Or peace. Yeah. Yes, it does. We have to be careful of the internal conversation we are having with ourselves, right? It can spill out at any moment and take over the conversation, right? And then all of a sudden it becomes... The, our, our self-centeredness, our internal automatic belief, what we have to say is more important than what the other person is saying. And we want to jump in and tell our story and take over. And, and, and if we turn the focus of the engagement to us, we're usurping the narrative, right, with, with a story about us. And this is basically one-upping the other person, right? It's, right. It happens well, all the time. Usurping their narrative in an effort to protect yours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm so guilty of all this, by the way. (laughs) We all are, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not, like, feeling like I'm the worst person in the world. I'm just, like, recognizing that I'm, like, guilty, guilty, guilty. Well, and it's automatic, okay? We we are automatically programmed to do this because we allowed that to happen to ourselves. We were part of the programming and, you know, the trauma and whatever else in our past that formed our personality over time, all these experiences formed this in us. And, and then our culture kind of promotes it too. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, yeah. The, but there are skills you can practice with your partner to develop active listening, okay? It can start out being a little tedious, but with patience, it will become more natural, and then you'll find yourself using it with others in your daily life more on an automatic basis and won't be so tedious. So, so first, it is important to be aware of your partner sharing with you, right? Answer the bid for connection. Ooh, someone is sharing something with me. Mm-hmm. You know, establish in your own mind, establish an intent of listening, right? That's, this is crucial. I'm, I'm going to listen, right? The, the intention. Um, this helps us to get you know, by the automatic responses that we're, we're always used to. We get by them. We, we put them away, right? We have to have, I am going to listen. And drop, if you can, we want to drop everything else we're doing and thinking, right? We got to shut off the chatter. And it really helps if we can, especially when we're first learning this, if we can look at our partner 
and if possible during the engagement, make total eye contact. That's a tough one for a lot of people because part of this emotional avoidance can be eye contact. Hmm. Sit down next to each other if you can, right? Make an initial effort to establish that what is about to happen is important. This is the sole focus, right? And as your partner shares with you, listen intently, not just to the words, but what to what you think he or she might be thinking as they say it. What are the emotions coming from your partner? I mean, feel that sadness in their voice or their heart, right? Or the excitement. <laughs> They're totally excited about something. Whatever is coming from your partner, see if you can feel that with them. Catch the eternal chatter that's going to pop in, right, and set it aside gently. That's, this is the judgment part, right? right? You want to catch that. We don't want to judge what's happening. We just want to notice it, right? Yeah, All I'm right. totally thinking yep. about date night with Pete, and he's talking about something going on at work. And, you know, like we're, we're not side-boothing, but right. we're across from each other holding eye contact. So I'm putting this into like a real-life scenario and then him talking about what's going on and then instead of me getting into solve it mode instead hear what he's talking about right and and not be three steps ahead like well you know what you should do yeah yeah well that's what oh it's so hard though i mean this is just uh, many of us this is just an automatic thing that we do well if you just you know, I don't know why you did that. Why didn't you do this? Or, you know, that's such a, you know. Well, and making that mental list of like, oh, when he's done talking, I need to tell him this, this, and this. Yeah. And instead of holding those things aside, actually just letting them float away. Yeah. We, our focus of attention is not certainly not on what he's thinking or feeling. It's just, yeah, on how we can jump in. Right. And uh, this really, really doesn't work in a, well, in any communication, but in a, a relationship with a partner. Right. You no. know, I mean, as if this goes on for 20, 25 years, think. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of hopelessness that can, can come up from that. So, so we want to catch this internal chatter, you know, and, and, and set it aside gently in our heads and don't beat ourselves up about it. And when it comes back again, and it will, we just want to set it aside again and really try to connect with what, what's being thought and felt on the other side. We really don't want to say anything, right, unless there's a specific question, I suppose. But, but be careful of offering opinions if they're not asked for, right? That's the fixing part. And when... When, when there's the right opening or when they've finished, that's a difficult thing to, to determine sometimes, but when there's the right opening, relay what they told you back to them in your own words. Now, this is the critical part because when you do that, they then know that you heard them. <laughs> right. They, they, that's the connection piece. You know, it, you can paraphrase. You don't have to say the exact words of what they said, but 
uh, paraphrase it back to them. That's the validation part. We want to validate what they said. And the other part of the validation is some form of an emotional acknowledgement, right? Oh, that is so cool. Or, or, you know, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. That must be so hard, right? That's, That's. I didn't fix it there. I just connected with, oh, my God. Well, and that goes into the not just by by paraphrasing and, and rephrasing back to them. That's the I was listening. And then there's the feeling felt. Feeling felt part feeling right there. Um, knowing, feeling that sadness or excitement or whatever it is, joy, whatever, whatever it is. Feeling that part and not having to fix it and not telling them whatever you do, don't judge it. You can't do feel that way. Don't feel that way, honey. It's okay. Oh, my God. Whatever you do, don't do that. (laughs) Right? And we all do it. I mean, it's an automatic thing. Right? Of course. It's like telling our children not to cry. Don't cry. Right. Yeah. Turns out that's not a great idea. No. So just connect in the knowing. No fixing. No judgment is really no judgment. Just a sharing of the knowing, allowing both of you to feel felt in that very moment, right? So that's what truly then thinking with them is versus for them where you're solving it or about them where you're making a judgment. There you go. Not for, not about, but just just being there with them, right? I don't know how many times I've just um, I've heard a partner and a couple just say, "I just wanted somebody to listen to me." And um, a lot of times it, it just comes back to the partner fixes it because, oh good, you know, right. This is going to go too far. <laughs> this, here we go again. I get that a lot. And and that's judgment right there. I mean, here we go again. Come on. Right. Doesn't matter if it's again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it wouldn't be again if you would have listened the first time. Yeah. Quite I mean, possibly. I'm, I'm like I'm a little <laughs> bit silent because I'm sort of like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense that I'm trying to constantly fill in the the dead space because I never felt heard. Right. I mean, like, next time we're going to roll a couch in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Oof. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Well. No, but that's it. That's, for all of us that have never felt heard, it's because we weren't heard. That's it. Mm-hmm. We were not, we didn't get, we didn't feel felt. We right? felt solved. Yeah, we felt fixed. You know, let's go on. That kind of thing. So I'm continuing the cycle. So this conversation is about then breaking that cycle, breaking right. that that automatic pathway that you're talking about. And it just takes a little practice because right. we're gonna we need to turn it into a new automatic thing, and we we can. We'll talk some more about this. All right. So remember, if you want to connect with Greg, go to his website, KuiperCounseling.com. There you can connect with him and learn more about him. Also, go to the YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper, where you'll find the podcast episodes and awareness exercises. Greg, final thoughts? Stay aware out there, everybody, and Marine, hang in there.